I mean, what's that football focus doing? Last week they had Brady. This week they got Brady. We're doing it. We're literally doing it differently from everybody else. As a matter of fact, moving forward from this point on, I will not make reference to PML. Ready to get into it? Yeah, yeah. All right. We're going team by team. I would be very careful about slinging stuff. Am I going to get sued? Is that legal on this? I like football, like football season, all the things that go with it. Welcome in to the PFF NFL Podcast, Steve Palazzolo, Sam Monson. We're live on YouTube and, you know, pre-recorded wherever you listen to your podcast. Yeah. Not yeah. live. No. But here we go. This is your show. This is the viewer's show, the listener's show, Sam. This is where you get to put your money where your mouth is. You get to bring your predictions, your bets to the table with the PFF Plus subscription on the line here. And then maybe coffee for us on yeah. the other end. I mean, you joke about, you know, the millions and millions of listeners and, you know, the, we always sort of overinflate the volume of, uh, of emails and that kind of thing. There were so many emails, so, so many. And I made the mistake of, you know, letting them build up for a while because they're all bets. You know, I'll get through it when we start doing the bet show. You oh, know what? It, there were pages and pages and they're still coming in, right? And so I've made an executive decision. Any bet that came in actually today, the day of the show, it's on the spreadsheet, but I'm not reading it out. I'm not naming that person. I'm not giving them credence because they were so late. But we're not even going to talk about it. We're no. just going to accept it. But Blind their bet acceptance. has been accepted, and it's been put in the spreadsheet, which you'll have access to, which is in the description of the show. It'll also be in the Discord, which is new. Wow. We Tell set up a Discord. Tell people about the Discord. Also in the description of this show. Um, yeah, we set up a, a PFF NFL podcast Discord. Now, look, we don't have any idea what we're doing. So it's new, it's clumsy, but we'll get better at it. And it's a place for all of our listeners and viewers to, you know, have a bit of community here. So off to go, a rocky start. Go sign too. up to the Discord. Bit of a rocky start the other day, the Discord. Eh, you know. We're good now, though. We're good. We appreciate all the people that are going to come in and communicate. And maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll do some live game chats there yeah now this so, is a i try not to talk during games mostly but Ever. you know this is a packed show so we've got the bets and there are many many bets i've yeah. had to extend the spreadsheet multiple times let's get into um, it then. so there are bets well hang on there's more things we're also going to do a palazzolo gm segment we haven't done one for a while Very important and yeah. wednesday is when it's going to have to be in season because it can't be monday can't be thursday so it's going to be a wednesday staple um, so get your questions in for Palo Zolo. Oh, I'll be a GM, GM every Wednesday? Yeah, that's, that's what it's awesome. going to have to be. All right. Uh, also, so we had a couple of emails in. These surfaced during the bets when I was crawling through the emails. Remember we uh, talked in one of our many diversions about uh, what our tag team name would be as an 80s wrestling combination. Yeah. Multiple emails about that, and they were pretty good. So one of them was, came in from somebody called Jonah Crump. Who I'm unsure if that's an actual name or, you know, a pseudonym or a moniker of some description. But anyway, my name is Jonah Crump, avid listener. Your name should definitely be the Pigskin Pounders. You're finishing. Now, what? that part is questionable, but here's where it gets good. Your finishing move is the data drop. The data drop's good. Yeah, I like that. The data drop. Steve stands near the turnbuckle with the victim in powerbomb position, facing away from Sam on the buckle. Steve hits the powerbomb with Sam jumping over Steve and landing uh, landing an elbow just after the victim hits the floor. That's Game a, that's over. A great move. Data-driven. 
Anyway, keep up the good work. So that was one I like good the one to drop by a person who may or may not be real. This one was from Adam Newman. Uh, first time, long time, yada, yada. Uh, team name, PFF. So that, this wasn't great either. The team name is where people are falling down. So I'm going to skip right over that because it's bad. Uh, the finishing move would be called the grade. Steve would lift the opponent high in the air with his freakish wingspan and then toss them, landing in a midair Stone Cold Stunner-esque move by Stam. Uh, upon knocking the opponent out, Steve would put one boot on the chest of the opponent for the ref to count while he brushes his shoulders, while Sam would do a royal wave goodbye uh, to the opponent's partner and crowd. If the crowd ever started following you guys in fights, the ref's final count would be followed by you chanting, you've been graded. Actually, so that I forgot, the, the name was questionable, but he did uh, suggest an outfit. Both of you come out with matching suit jackets and bow ties. Only oiled muscles underneath, of course. With Sam in Irish flag spandex underwear and Steve with Italian flag spandex (laughs) underwear. You lean hard into being heels. You'd come out with your chins regally high and we'd be known for your scathing criticisms about other wrestlers, especially in pre- and post-match interviews, sticking on brand with the PFF grading. (laughs) So that was a good one as well. We should grade the other wrestlers' matches. (coughs) Yeah. Tell them how bad they are. Uh That'd be amazing. That's actually a good little shtick. Yeah, I like so people it. like that. All right, keep those things coming. But the uh, the finishing moves were good. The names of the tag team, less so. All right, I couldn't believe how many emails came in either. Are you are oh, you ready? So many to do this. Where's the Where's the list? Uh, okay, the sheet is here. So I let's start with this. I let's decided we're going to stick with fifty. Fifty bets, and then fifty made, bets we're going to get through. Well, then a bunch more came in today, so there's more, but we're only talking about fifty. Oh my gosh, we're going to be. I got to cancel my afternoon meetings. Yeah. All right, we're going to get into it. But first, as a parent, you've had to learn so many new skills to provide for your family. How to do copious amounts of laundry, meal plan for even the pickiest eater, and now how to protect your family's financial future. Well, Fabric by Gerber Life provides an easy one-stop shop for your family's financial needs, offering high-quality term life insurance policies plus other financial solutions in one easy online hub. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget, with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes, and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. So join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash pffnfl. That's meetfabric.com dot com slash pffnfl p it's m-e-e-t fabric.com slash pffnfl policies issued by western southern life insurance company not available in certain states prices subject to underwriting health questions all right so you've got the list Mm -hmm. i'll let you read them out okay and then we will accept or decline or are these all ones that you've these are i mean pretty not we can decline some if you like but last I imagine, year we declined yeah a bunch live on the air i would say we'll probably accept most of these okay. um there were a lot of duplicates by the way so you know if you sent in one and it sounds a lot like one of these chances are the f- somebody got there first it was generally a first come first serve policy uh except all the ones that came in this morning which i just decided we were accepting put on the sheet but we're not going to talk about not because talk i've about. been inconvenienced by a 9 44 a.m email for a show that was going to start at 10 30. It's kind of like when people RSVP for your wedding. You get like a third of the people real quick, send the invitation. Mm. And a week before the wedding, you don't think anybody's going to be there. <laughs> because everybody just does it last minute. Yeah. Those are emailers. Those uh-huh. are people. No, listen. There was a lot of Jordan loves. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of Jordan, of Jordan loves. loves. All right, let's get into it. Here are, again, what, what are we doing here? 
These are your predictions or bets, however you want to look at that. So there were a few themes. Yeah, like the idea is where we've been saying something and you think we're completely full of it, put a bet on it and let's see how it plays out over the season. So there were a few themes that definitely came up again. Uh, one of them was a lot of Giants fans. You know, we've been too harsh on the Giants, and there, so there are a lot of Giants uh, bets in there. There were a lot of Chicago bets in there as well. You know, we've been too harsh on the Bears. We're not giving them enough credit. A lot of Jordan Love bets in there as well. So, uh, and the opposite end of it of, you know, we've been too kind to the Jets. The Jets thing isn't going to work. That's going to be a disaster or that kind of thing. So there's a lot of similar bets in here. Uh, a few different variants within the ones we're, we're accepting and then a bunch that didn't even make the show because they were, you know, already taken. All right. First Let's up. Get to it. Uh, Darren Fotilla. I guess Minnesota finishes at least three wins above Detroit and Detroit misses the playoffs. Yeah. Anything with an and has more like, you know, <laughs> yes. a lot of opportunity to go. Yeah. I disagree. That's a big difference. I'm also, I'm team high on the Vikings here. You are. So I think it'll be close. I wanted to pick the Vikings to win the division mm -hmm. yesterday. I was tempted. Uh, it's possible, but this is aggressive. I think three wins better than the Lions is too aggressive. Happened last year, right? How many wins did the Vikings end up with? Yeah, they were way ahead. So maybe it's not that aggressive, but it feels like it going into this year, given the way the rosters have been constructed. Yeah, I would be very surprised if that happens. But, you know, that's the idea. So we accept. Mm -hmm. Now, do, do you have a list of what people may have offered up? Uh, if there was coffee and or other relevant pieces of information, it is in column H in this uh, this sheet. By the way, I said um, I did <coughs> make a statement the other day on one of the shows. I said I will wear anyone's jersey, any team jersey. Send me a team jersey. So I have to get back to the guy that uh, said he'd send us Eagles jerseys. Mm. Somebody was offering to send you a K League baseball jersey, signed baseball jersey. What league? K League, Korean. Oh, the Korean league. Yeah. Oh yeah, I almost tried to play in Asia one year. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been fun. Had a lot of friends that played in Korea. <laughs> I was trying to play, like, second-tier Japanese baseball. I mean, you wandering around Japan would be pretty hilarious. It would be funny. It would be pretty hilarious, yeah. Good money over there. Yeah? It paid well overseas. All right, let's go. Uh, Zach Young. Tua will be the highest-graded quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he also says that New Zealand will beat Ireland in the quarterfinal of the Rugby World Cup. Is that an and? we got to do the and. Uh, it is, yes, we're going to put and just because I object to that as a, an addendum to this bet. So, yes, this will be an and, and there's not a chance in hell we... What if only the Tua part hits? Then he's going to be set. Yeah, what will, if only the New Zealand part he hits? he will rue the fact that he added that to the bet and, uh, you know, took advantage of my... my That's aggressive. Iron now, law. Tua was the highest graded quarterback through a chunk of weeks last year. It's true. In a favorable system, favorable even for PFF grading... More so for stats, but more favorable for PFF grading as well with those couple fast dudes, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who get open. So it's possible, but it's certainly aggressive given two is probably not one of the best eight quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Um, I w yeah, again, I would be pretty surprised if he sustained that over an entire season, but it's possible. I mean, we know that offense can cook if they're able to stay a step ahead of defenses. All right, Larry Wilson. Uh, the 49ers missed the playoffs uh, this year. He's had a lot of stuff about bad drafting and Dallas figuring out Brock Purdy late last season. So the 49ers not just will regress, but will actually miss the playoffs. Miss the playoffs. Mm -hmm. The challenge there is going to be NFC West, four games against the Rams and the Cardinals. Oh, there's some – There's, I mean, that that's reasonably aggressive. There's some super aggressive one later on. 
about the Rams actually being better than other teams in that division. Yeah, we accept. Yeah. And if you failed to actually put something up on the line, you can respond to your own email and put something on the line here. I mean, you can. It's not necessary, but... I'm not begging. You can do it. Just right. Need more coffee. Uh-huh. There's, there's quite a few coffee bets in good, here. Good, good. All right, next one. John Lawson. Uh, Buffalo and Philadelphia both failed to win their division. Uh, both? Yeah, and then he has a bonus saying that one of the two will miss the playoffs. I feel like, I feel like this needs the playoff miss as well. Like, I think that it has to be an and. Because cause cause they're both in that. divisions, right? That we've, we talked up the Cowboys on yeah. yesterday's season preview show. The Cowboys could easily beat the Eagles in the division. The Bills could easily lose right. to the Jets or Dolphins. Either or of those Patriots things could easily happen. Both combined is a little bit more difficult just because of the nature of parlays, but it's still very possible. You combine that, I think, with one of them missing the playoffs, and I think we've got something. All right. The and wins again. The and always wins. Uh, so next guy, Matt Anderson. This is related. Buffalo misses the playoffs. Um, he talks about it being you know, a much better division, etc. He's also a big fan of Steve versus Walt content as an addendum. Oh, like Steve versus Walt? Mm-hmm. All right. We'll see if Walt says anything stupid today. Yeah, so that's call connected to the last one. I like that. Buffalo missing the playoffs is a pretty aggressive call. I'm all for it. Let's take that one. Uh, this one was from... There was no name attached to this, so the email was Boogeyman something or other. Uh, Scary. Yeah. Brown's defense leads the NFL in points per game allowed, uh, and they win 12 games and go to the AFC Championship. What? So this is an auto. Tyler, why'd you send that in, man? Right. Clearly Tyler's burner. This is an automatic accept because there's three unlikely things to happen combined. Let me just, I'm trying to see how many points they gave up last year. I mean, their defense was bad last year. No, I know they were. Uh, scoring defense. Sorry, I just want to see how big of a jump this would have to be because the Browns had to be bottom. Yeah. Where were they? There's a couple in here that look, oh, they were very, much, that look very similar to a Tyler Burner e- email. And that wasn't even the worst one. I've Super got one. Browns fans. I've got it noted somewhere else that it definitely sounds like a Tyler Burner. Browns were 19th, giving up 22.4 points, points per game last year. It was also, by the way, an email that came in from a Browns fan named Tyler who said that he gets very confused when we reference Tyler you know, shouting out things in the booth. He thinks we're talking to him directly. Well, apparently we said something. We brought up DTR or whatever, some Browns-related thing where we were praising them, and he audibly you know, shouted, yeah. And then so did Tyler, and we said, <laughs> Tyler, stop doing that or whatever, and he thought he, we were talking to him. Through be, the, we should start through doing the, that. Through the medium of podcast. We'd be like, John, the Steelers fan, yeah. you agree. And they right. all the, we don't have any Steelers fans who listen, but, you know, theoretically. That's true. You do on, on Pony Show. Pony, yeah, 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 Pony Show, definitely. All the Steelers fans. All right, uh, this one came in from just Dave. Uh, the Patriots will win five or fewer games this year. Five? Yeah. Man, that's tough. They have one of the top. We talked about this yesterday as well on the preview show. Go check that out. You know, a lot of this is in response to our preview show. Patriots have one of the most difficult schedules in the NFL, uh-huh. starting with this week against the Philadelphia Eagles. But five or fewer, that's a lot. Yeah. That's aggressive. I, I didn't have time to kind of organize these so that related ones were next to each other. But so last, a- last time that happened was Bill Belichick's first year as head coach, 2000. If that happens... They're talking about the uh, succession plan. Oh, yeah. I mean, not only talking about it. If that happens, is he fired? Quickly. Maybe. That's one of the biggest stories. Because that cost him his job. Not because the Patriots are supposed to be great, but 
five or fewer yeah. Belichick here. Four years removed from Tom Brady. It's a big story. Yeah, I mean, Richard Sherman's out here blasting Belichick for not succeeding without Tom Brady. You know, on that undisputed show with just a bunch of loud people together shouting at each other. No, I don't. I don't watch such things. <laughs> we exist. Like we we have our people. I think because those shows are there. There can't be much crossover between you our show so. and the yelling shows. Yeah, it's a very different. It's a very different type of feel. Uh, what we do versus what they do. But look, there's a there's a place for all of it. And let's face it, they're successful. So a lot of people watch it. Uh, Jacob Donnelly, the Browns will win the Super Bowl. Uh, if he wow. loses, if he loses, which let's face it, is pretty likely, he's going to buy a lawnmower 4.0 to support the fellas. That's great. That's great. I feel, I'm excited. Using promo code PFF, obviously. Yeah, you're going to get 20% off right. using promo code PFF. And so we get credit for it. There's no point buying it without us getting the credit. you got to have the PFF. Yeah. So what are? give me some Super Bowl odds here for the uh, – <laughs> they, they don't have great odds. I don't think they have great odds. Where are the I – don't, I don't know how to maneuver these things. I can't find it right now. But it's probably long, long yeah. shot, obviously. I mean, every, everybody's a long shot to win the Super Bowl. Let so. me find the other Browns ones. There's got to be – Try to lump them together. I, that's what I was trying to do, but – because emails kept flying in. I never got a chance to, like, arrange the spreadsheet. Okay, Andrew Kidd is at the other end of the scale because he says, wait, that's one of the ones. Okay, he says the Browns are going to get a top five draft pick. That's one wow. of the ones that came in this morning, and I shouldn't be reading out and giving airtime to. But, you should not, but we accept the Browns, like, extreme Browns bets here. Okay, we've got the two. There was some, there was some a lot of anti-Browns bets that I saw that – well, they were all over the Deshaun place. Deshaun Watson's I mean, trash. Yeah, they were either end of that spectrum from they're going to win the Super Bowl to they're going to have a top five draft pick. All right, where we got next? Uh, Ryan Kinsey. Sam Howe will have a top 12 PFF grade among quarterbacks. Top 12. So this, the, that one reminds me of last year's Geno Smith one. Yes. And we sat here chuckling, top Geno Smith is going to be top 25%. Uh-huh. And, uh, we had a lot of bets last year, Geno Smith or Drew Locke. Yeah, and we had a couple. We accepted a few of them because they all seemed absurd, and that cost us a few bets. Uh, so there's a couple of Sam Howell ones in here as well. Jeremy Lansdowne says Sam Howell will lead all NFC East quarterbacks in passing yards. NFC East. So he's going to get better than Dak, Daniel Jones. I mean, that's possible. And Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. It's yeah. not easy. They're all in. Pro- this is in, in progress. Mm-hmm. It's in progress. Yeah, in, in progress means accepted. Uh, next bet, uh, Lawton ba- Bauer. You know, I believe. You know what I forgot? What'd you forget? Uh, we have Madden codes. Yeah. How do we do the Madden codes? How do you, I've never given out Madden codes. How do we do this? on a podcast? Yeah, on a podcast. So do we want? Do we need people to comment in here? Do they do it in the live chat or do they comment on the feed after the fact? What well, do we why do? don't we? Yeah, why don't we get them in the Discord? See, Tyler was thinking the same way I was. In the Discord? <coughs> so you got to go to the Discord. got to go to the Discord, which is in the description of this yes, podcast. that's genius. Join the okay. Discord, and then we need your username and your, uh, your uh, or not even your username. We just need your, what, the platform. we got to give people time PlayStation to get or Xbox. So I'm going to give them this show and tomorrow's show. We'll remind them. Get to the Discord, mm-hmm. and then drop your Xbox or PS5, right? Right. Your tags or whatever you, the kids call them these days. I just, I just played Nintendo. Just yeah, kidding. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, big Madden guy here. So you, you drop that in the Discord. Yep. I'll give you till Sunday to do that, and we'll drop the Madden codes on Monday. Okay. 
that sound good? Yeah. So go to the Discord. And if you're listening to the podcast here today, if you're only listening, you're going to have to go to the YouTube channel, search Pro Football Focus, subscribe while you're there, and then go to this episode and click the link to the Discord. Yeah. That's genius. All right, we'll get people in Discord here. Perfect. So we got Madden codes coming out. I got five of them. Oh, no, four. Tyler wants one of them. Oh, yeah, well, that's because... You know, Tyler's making me give him <coughs> one He didn't specify that he had an Xbox codes. or a PlayStation. He did not specify. Um, yeah, so um, hopefully we'll get, uh, we'll get Beckett to try and set up a channel in the Discord where people can just drop their, uh, their we platform. We have people that could, they're running our Discord for us? A little bit, because awesome. I don't know what I'm doing. That's good. Uh, hopefully we'll set that up, and then you drop can drop rumor. that in that channel, and that will uh, make it a little bit tidier. Rather than All right, back to the bets. Spamming the Come day. back from the Discord, back to the bets. Where are we going here? Uh, okay, Lawton Bauer. Either... Or uh, Rodgers has a lower PFF grade than Desmond Ritter. Wow. Or uh, Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson will be very close in grade and workload. So that one was a little bit, you know, unspecified. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it for just the Rodgers-Ritter thing. If, if Aaron Rodgers has a worse grade than Desmond Ritter, that's the hell of a surprise. Yeah, that's aggressive. Yeah, we had quite a few. I keep saying that. These are aggressive. That's why they're accepted. Right. We had quite a few um, Algier versus Bijan type of bets. I don't love any of those, though. I mean, you know. Yeah, those are tough. Plus, Algier is awesome. Yes. Alex uh, Lolos, Vikings will win five or fewer games. So this is the opposite end of the the spectrum to they're going to crush the division. Um, The defense is terrible, and he thinks, you know, luck's going to swing the other way this year. Five or fewer. These are the ones, when you're saying a team, you know, solid-looking teams like the Patriots or the Vikings are going to win five or fewer, those are going to be surprises. Those would be surprises. Yeah, and look, the the Vikings don't do that. I mean, when was the last time Minnesota won five or fewer games? It's been a while. You tell me. They're very good at, you know, sticking right in the middle of 500 either side. Maybe they'll go down as low as six. The pinnacle of mediocrity. You yeah, exactly. So I would be very shocked if that happens again. Um, now, John Kilcoin, Kenny Pickett uh, will grade in the top 10. And so auto, yes, Pittsburgh will make the AFC championship game. Wow. So he's buying We've in. Had some of those aggressive Steelers ones. Yeah, a lot of people. Those so he, optimistic. He's buying into that. So we do uh, have a few Steelers fans in here. They did show up in the emails. Some optimistic Steelers fans. And we're optimistic as well. Just maybe not enough to... You picked them. You picked them to win the division, actually. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I actually kind of agree with this in that I think it's possible. But both, again, anytime you're constructing some form of parlay, it's an automatic accept because both those things happening are pretty unlikely. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, Joseph Kaufman. Derek Carr will grade better than Justin Herbert. Yeah, I don't think it's that crazy. I don't really? think it's that crazy. I think it's, it's pretty crazy. Derek Carr is capable. He's in a dome He's with good dome. playmakers in, in Nolens. Uh-huh. We saw that chart that was tweeted out yesterday, how many uh, busted coverages, the receivers, you know, how many open receivers they had. New Orleans is set up here. I'm not saying Carr is better. I'm, it's, not, it's not ludicrous Okay. to see this. Uh, I'm Sage, like a weird Derek Carr believer yeah. Yeah, type of guy. Sage Carter. Uh, Carolina will win 11 or more games, make the playoffs. Uh, Byron, Young, uh, Byron Young? Bryce Young. Bryce, you put, yeah, because you put BY. Right. Will win Rookie of the Year. He says any of the three. Uh, I think we should take either of the first two. Carolina winning 11 or more games. 11 plus. Or making the playoffs. 
Does that <laughs> and make the playoff? I mean, obviously, if they win 11 plus, they're. I mean, I take any of those three. Um, well, I take any of the first two. I think Bryce Young winning rookie of the year. If 11 games happens, the rest plausible. probably happens anyway. So just do the 11 plus. I mean, yeah, rookie of the year thing I think is the most plausible, but the first two would be pretty shocking. He also says he'll get a, t- a, a podcast tattoo if he. Oh, loses. that was the tattoo guy. Yeah. He also said, like, he'll get it in a location of our choosing, seemed to be the suggestion. On your cheek. Right. Well, it's got to be front facing, right? It's got to be visible. Point. It's got to be visible. It's going to be advertising. It's got to be, right, on display. Unless you, unless, um, unless Sage here has massive biceps or something, then maybe that's the best billboard for the podcast. Maybe, yeah. You want to choose the best billboard size wise for, yeah. or if he spends his entire time, you know, shirtless, and then you would just have a whole back piece. He could be a shirtless, you know, one of those uh, billboard human billboard know, people. Could be like the TikTok guy that's always taking pictures of himself and no shirt on. Then you, right, you'd say. Like you see it in Whatever's boxing, most visible. boxing a lot of times they get those sort of henna advertising tattoos, you know, for the for the fight. Except his yeah. would be real and permanent. Yeah. I kind of hope he wins. <laughs> I, don't, I don't wish that upon, upon anyone. Um, okay. Simon Liang. Dennis the Barbarian Gardeck will have 10 or more sacks. Yes. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for this one. I'm rooting for a PFF Plus subscription for Simon here. Rooting for the Barbarian here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jesse Ventura calling it yes. for Arizona. What's that I guy's can't... name? Wolf something. Ron Wolfson, Wolfley? Doesn't matter. Wolfley, yeah. yeah. Wolfley sounds right. It's Jesse Ventura. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the preseason's over. It's my favorite part. Like, it's one of my favorite things that happens in August every year is getting to hear Jesse Ventura call Cardinals games. Yeah, it, it is incredible. There's fewer and fewer people, though, that are old enough to know who that is, unfortunately. All right. Um, what do we got next? Um, this next one's Green Bay will have a better record than the Jets. This is an interesting one, right? You got the Jets, you got Packers fans. They're going to have their optimism with Jordan Love. They're in an easier division. The Jets, they're getting all the hype, but they're in a more difficult division in the East. They have to surpass the Bills. They have to beat up, you know, the the Dolphins and the Patriots. Mm. It's it's plausible. Yeah, These are all plausible. it's plausible. I I, th- I think there's it's a, unlikely. There's a trio of them, right? I here. like this one. Yeah, so this one I actually did manage to group together a little bit. Um, I like that one. So that was what Andrew Walters. I thought for a moment it was the ex-quarterback until I remembered he was Andrew Walter, singular. Yeah. Um, Mike uh, Dorband says, Jordan Love will have a better PFF grade than Aaron Rodgers. Aggressive, yeah. Aggressive. The next one, Julian uh, Tadio Bandy. I'm glad you're doing the names. Jordan Love will have a better big-time throw percentage than Aaron Rodgers. That one is the most likely of the three, I think, right? Because... I mean, Big the, time throws are variable, and, right? Yeah, and he's in love is good at that in particular, and likely to be aggressive to you know offset some mistakes. Yeah. So I could see that one happening entirely. Uh, he offered to send us Canadian delicacies if we win. What maple do you think syrup. that is? I think anything maple fla- uh, flavored. That's I mean they're known for maple and that poutine stuff, poutine, put, whatever that yeah, you know, the, whatever that is. Send them. Send Fries, your best maple syrup. Best curds. maple syrup. I'll have that. Best maple syrup. Yeah. Right. So we're accepting all those. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Dominic Schreiner. Mac Jones will have a better PFF grade than Aaron Rodgers. There were quite a lot of Mac Jones bets came in. Yeah. I mean, there's, people think we'd be too harsh there's some there. optimism there with Mac Jones because he had a good rookie season. And this isn't crazy, right? So Mac Jones, off the top of my head, Mac Jones' rookie season graded better than Aaron Rodgers' last season. Right? So if you just take Mac Jones' 21. Okay. Yeah. It's better than 80, Aaron Rodgers' right. 22, 80 to 79, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not that crazy. Okay. Uh, Ken Horner, 
who was apparently the guy who came up with the idea for the bets concept. Ken Horner, huh? Yeah. At least he claims to be. That seemed to be what the email was suggesting. I don't remember, so I can't fact check that, but I'm willing to take the man at his word. I'm thinking of Bob Horner. He was a big uh, slugger for the Braves. Well, probably wasn't him. Not Bob. This is Ken. Anyway, he says that Mozzie Smith, the Dallas Cowboys defensive tackle rookie, will have a higher PFF war than either or both. Uh, It was unclear. Jordan Davis or Jalen Carter? Yeah, I'll give him either. I'll give him either. So if he beats one of them? I mean, if 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 he has a if Mozzie Smith has a higher war than Jalen Carter, he was being. A, I will be very surprised. Right. I think so. He was being pretty adamant about it. I feel like the email was trying to get at both. He will have a higher PFF war than both. If it's if it's Jordan Davis, not combined, I will, but both of them. I got gotcha. you. If it's Jordan Davis, I wouldn't be shocked because war is uh, driven by volume uh-huh. a little bit. I I don't expect Jordan Davis to play more than. 450 snaps or so. I expect Mozzie Smith to play more. The tricky part here is the first impression we've gotten from Mozzie Smith. Wasn't great. Grading in the 20s during the preseason. That's, that's, not, that's the challenge here. That's not good. So I, I don't think Mozzie Smith's that bad, but it was a, it was a, a rough intro to the NFL here so yep. far. Uh, Hank Lunsford. Uh, the Chargers will have a top five run defense this year. No. Talks about Eric Kendricks. It's impossible. Players they've already brought in improving, et cetera, et cetera. This is the year. We've been talking about their run defense since Dan Fouts was there. We've been trying to they've been trying to shore up that run defense. Uh-huh. So yeah, this it, is. And uh, they also look particularly bad week one. They're playing the Dolphins, right? Yes. So Miami, like the the thing they were worst at was those outside zone runs, and the thing Miami was best at was those outside zone runs. Yeah. So I mean, it'll give you a pretty look, good test it, right away how it's, good it's or how much it's improved. It's all possible. They had you know Khalil Mack again. I've said he can have a bounce back. Thule in the second round could help there. The defensive tackles that they got last year, maybe right. you know, second year in the system, and then Eric Kendricks. You know, it's all it's all possible. It's all possible. Uh, Drake Kinney, Chicago makes the playoffs. So a lot. You of accepted those. this? This isn't that crazy. It's not crazy. Anybody? It's, it's every everybody's record. They were. I mean, here. this was one where we didn't really give them much credence for that when we were talking about the, the divisions, who was going to win, et cetera, et cetera. We kind of glossed over the idea that Chicago could do anything in that division. We went Detroit as the favorites. You were high in Minnesota. I thought Green Bay could be surprising, and we just kind of ignored Chicago. So there were quite a few people uh, came in with a bet, basically saying they're way better than you think they are. They're going to take a big G, a big leap, et cetera. Let's do it. Uh, Toby Howlett, Cincinnati wins more games, one, than, uh, versus Kansas City than the entire AFC West does combined. So the Cincinnati and Kansas City play again this year. Apparently they did this before. Uh, Probably last year. No, so over Patrick Mahomes' career, Cincinnati is tied with the AFC West for wins over Mahomes. So Cincinnati's beaten him three times. The entire AFC so West combined. Shock, really. Right, has beaten him three times. So they play again this year, one time, two, I guess, if the, they meet in the playoffs. <clears throat> He's basically saying that they'll do it again. Cincinnati will have more wins than the entire division combined. Yeah. I, that would be amazing. That's hilarious. That's a fun one to keep an eye on. I was only actually – I hadn't even – it was only just registered. They could meet for a second time in the postseason. Like This is the year for the Chargers, right, again. Yeah. I also think, so he was saying more. I'd actually give him that if it's a tie. The same or more, yeah, I think he fair. wins. That's fair. And Mahomes has never lost to an AFC West team on the road, oh, okay. I believe it is. Never lost in Vegas or Oakland or Denver or Los Angeles. Right. Yeah. 
those are the teams in the That's, West. Those are pretty insane numbers. Um, All right, we're doing it. Okay, Eric Carson. Jameer Gibbs will have 600 or more receiving yards. So he's basically buying into the idea they're going to use him, you know, a huge amount. Now, only Austin Eckler and McCaffrey were over that last season. Uh, only Eckler was over that in 2021 and Kamara in 2020. So it basically means if that's going to hit, he needs to be about as potent and heavily used as a receiving threat at running back as there is in the NFL. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see. I'll have some. We'll have some. We're going to preview this game tomorrow. We'll preview it with the rest of the games. Maybe going forward, we'll do the Thursday night on Wednesday. But um, can't wait to see what what they unleash. They're making it seem like they've got some super secret new football ready to go for Jameer Gibbs, and mm-hmm. they would need that for him to get over six hundred receiving yards. Well, not necessarily. They just need to use him. I mean, they, they need to use him a lot. Absolutely, load him up as you know a a primary elite featured receiving running back. You want, I don't think I want Jared Goff checking down that much, by the way, throwing underneath that much. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it only takes one or two, uh, you know, explosive plays for him to, do, to, to really eat into that, you know? That's true. 180-yard catch on a screen somewhere. He is gets capable. A, gets him a hell of a lot closer. Absolutely capable of doing that. Ooh, this is a name that's tricky. Nick Tavasoli? Okay, uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith will have more yards than Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, and Devontae will lead the four in receiving yards. I know you liked this one, Devontae Smith fan. Yeah, though I, I mean, I don't think it's crazy, but I think it's, it's last year. Last year we were kind of strict, right? We, we only took bets because we, we felt like we were the opposition, yeah. right? We felt like you were betting against us, and we only wanted to accept things that – we were strongly against. I'm not strongly against this one at all. I'm I curious. like the little addition there that Devontae. So last season, before, Tyreek Hill had 1,710 yards, A.J. Brown, 1,496, Jalen Waddell, 1,356, and Devontae Smith, 1,196. So the Dolphins duo was significantly ahead. It's bold. It's definitely bold. What are they, like almost 400 yards clear of the Philadelphia group? So he's expecting that to flip 400 yards in the other direction, and for Devontae Smith, who had the fewest yards last season, to end up with the most. Yeah. Aggressive. Ballsy. Let's do uh, it. Kyle Higgs. Either Brian Branch wins Defensive Rookie of the Year or Jameer Gibbs has 800 rushing and 500 receiving yards. And he's going to put $100 to charity if he loses. I like it. Let's do it. Get the uh, optimistic... Lions fans in here liking what their draft class is. I mean, I can see Brian Branch winning Defensive Rookie of the Year without too many problems. He's going to play yeah. pretty much in every down roll. You know, the the nickel in that defense, which is is going to be essentially every down. Um, he's got a nose for the football. He could rack up those kind of gaudy stats that make people sit up and take notice. And I don't think it's a great year for like an obvious other candidate, right? Like. I don't see someone that's going to come in immediately. Like, there's no Nick Bosa, I don't think, even with Will Anderson in there. So I, I think that's got a reasonable shot of coming at, coming true. I like the combo. I like the combo, and um, yeah, we'll see. It's, a, it's funny because we spend a lot of time talking about rookies. Some guys have an immediate impact. Some guys take a year or two. So mm-hmm. let's do it. Uh, Edward Conwell. Says, wow, there's a lot here. Kirk Cousins wins MVP. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are number four seed or lower, and Houston has a better record than Cleveland. These are ors. These are not ands. I believe so. I'm always unclear with my uh, transcribing slash note making. 
Um, all also, of them, all the, a lot of bold takes here. Obviously, if right. Kirk wins the MVP, Kansas City being the four seed or lower, that's pretty aggressive. Which means they would still, they could still win the division, but have three other teams with a better record, and then Houston better record than Cleveland. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So he said he's willing. I was just making sure I hadn't written this down wrong because it also had a hundred dollars attached to it. Uh, all of which I am willing to wager $100 of coffee for every wager we're willing to take. So if we take all three, oh, do it. apparently there's $300 of coffee on the line. Yeah, all uh, of them. Take all three. So, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Thanks, Edward. Uh, why, Edward? Why? Why are, you so, why are you so bold? Who are we to argue? Uh, Jonathan West. Anthony Richardson has uh, finishes in the top 12 in PFF grade thanks to Shane Steichen having essentially already honed this game plan with Jalen Hurts. He's been through it once. He's learned, you know, the, the weaknesses, the strengths. He understands how to do it. And now we're going to see, you know, 2.0 of this offense with Anthony Richardson. It's going to dominate right out of the gate. <sighs> I mean, I appreciate the sentiment. The tough part is no A.J. Brown. Right. That Shane Steichen had. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith don't have that with the Colts from a receiving standpoint. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it would be. I mean, that's that's So tricky. top 12 yes. for Anthony Richardson? Mm-hmm. And having it's another like what does preseason matter? But there were enough concerns in preseason I, that I think that's aggressive. I don't believe it's going to happen. And can you believe, Sam? We've had seven months without an NFL game. Crazy. I can. Isn't I can, it? Can yes. Well, good thing that's over because the NFL's here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't miss offer for Week One. This week, new customers can get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. And when you just bet. Five bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking everyone up for some game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check, check the app. you got to go check the app to see what you get. So download now and use code PFF to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. That's code PFF only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Smooth, huh? Good. Yeah, perfect. Nailed it. Uh, all right, Sheldon Allen says Desmond Ritter will have 10 or more rushing touchdowns. I th- yeah, I saw it. This is one of the early ones that came in. Yeah. Remember, we taught you, you've been saying Atlanta needs to tap into his rushing ability. If they do run that game plan, I think Atlanta is far more intriguing mm-hmm. this year. Ten we already see them as lot, intriguing. Though. 10 is a lot. A lot. Ten is a lot. Especially when you have Bijan and Algier and Cordero. And, I mean, maybe they're going to rush for 3,000 yards <laughs> as a team. How many games would they win if they did that? 17 game schedule, though, so that's a lot easier. That's true. Of course. Uh, Jacob Lueck says Luke Musgrave is winning Rookie of the Year. Luke Musgrave? Mm-hmm. A lot of hype this preseason, not just because he's been good, but because the Packers are featuring him. Yeah. There's for, another one in there that I don't think I included that I actually think we should now that I think about it. Uh, he basically said, I think it was Luke Musgrave as well, was going to beat Mike Ditka's rookie record for tight end receiving, which is like 1961 or whatever the hell that was. He's got the record still? 61, 51, whatever the hell it was. Um, yeah, Ditka has the rookie record for receiving yards for a rookie tight end, which is like a 1,000 and something, right? Uh which, A, it's insane because it happened that long ago. B, if you Stat look at... Stat Muse got me. 
if you look at um, Kyle Pitts is the only other rookie tight end to go over 1,000. Mike did get 1,076 back in 61. 61. 14-game schedule right. back then. And if you look at his like career stats, like look at it year by year, that was also his career high. Like, I, he never got anywhere near that again, I don't think. So it was kind of – I don't know what the hell happened in 1961, but – Then Kyle Pitts, 1,026 in the 17-game schedule of 2021. Correct. Jeremy Shockey in only 15 games at 894 back in 02. Yeah. Keith Jackson. John Mackey's on there. Evan Ingram. It's like seventh on this list. Yeah, I mean, the there aren't that many rookie tight ends that have had, you know, any kind of production right away. So it's if you have a guy that you think is going to do that, sure. Like so Ditka, 1076 as a rookie, 904 in his second season, and then never got above 900 for the rest of his career. And in fact, after year four, was down to 500 or fewer in a season. Just for some quick perspective, Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski, uh, incredible rookie seasons for both of those guys with the Patriots. They were just over 500, both of them, 560 and 540. I don't know what was happening in the uh, the AP voting process in 1966, but uh, Mike Ditka made all-pro, second-team all-pro with 378 yards. His blocking, man. And two touchdowns. He knows his blocking. I mean, maybe. It's a blocking tight end. 27 yards a game. Yeah. That right. was good back then. So anyway, I'll go and find that email again, and we'll put that in, because what the hell? What's another one? Um, all right, where are we next? Jason White. Brock Purdy will have a better PFF grade than any quarterback from the 2021 class. Yeah, this one... Uh, Piqued my interest as it came in. So you're talking about Trevor Lawrence, right? Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. We at least get Zach Wilson, I would think. Anybody else playing from that class? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. No, we have the two twenty-two. You know, we have Ritter and Howell yeah. from the twenty-two class to go with Pickett. Anyone else from twenty-one? We're forgetting. Uh, I'm just gonna fire up the. Uh... Ellinger, no. Kyle Trask, no. Trask could play. I mean, if, if Baker gets benched early, Trask could be in that mix. Yeah, no. But it's, so it's any qualifying 2021 yeah. quarterback. Yeah. Good. Meaning the top guys. But yes, theoretically, we could be saved by, <laughs> by Shane Bouchel coming in and tearing it up for an injured Mahomes. If he um, was the quarterback for the Chiefs, I think he would grade well. Bouchel. Wow. Big Bouchel fan. Been a Bouchel fan since I saw him at Elite 11. Yeah, yeah? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Enright, the Seattle Seahawks will make the NFC Championship game. Uh, the Bears will win the NFC North again. And Justin Fields passes for 4,000 yards and rushes for 1,000. Wow. Has a Bears passer ever thrown for 4,000? I don't think they've ever had a 4,000-yard passer. They never had a – no, I think you might be right. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I had the Bears and 3,000-yard – oh, man, that would be a good meme. I think you're right. They've Immaculate never done Immaculate Grid yesterday yeah, had bears and 3,000-yard passer. That'd be a good, like, uh, the right. sweating emoji. They've never done it, and then the Jets have only done I'm, it once. i gotta, I got to figure out how to create this meme now. <laughs> really uh, good use of your time. Yeah. Uh, but I already filled – oh, no, we'll get it. We'll get to Immaculate Grid. Uh-huh. Bears and 3,000-yard passer. Eric Kramer I went with. That might, that's the only one I can think of. Now you got Cutler. Cutler, right. Did Kyle Orton do it? Orton probably did it, yeah. Uh, Jordan Smith. This is the aggressive one. The Rams will have a better record than the Seattle Seahawks this year. He says they have the best quarterback, wide receiver, coach, and pass rusher in the of the two. And therefore, will win more games. The Rams over the Seahawks. There's coffee in this one as well. Take it. Yeah. We'll take it. I, I mean, that's 
that's one of the most out, outlandish that we've come across so far. That would be that would be pretty crazy with yeah. the, the, the team they have. Uh, Liam Fisher, the rookie Rams. Jalen Carter will lead all defensive tackles in sacks this year. Uh, only DeForest Buckner and Aaron Donald have had six or more as rookies in the last decade. So if Jalen Carter had led the NFL in sacks from a defensive tackle spot, that would be pretty crazy. I, I will say Chris Jones. If Chris <coughs> Jones continues to hold out, there's one guy That'll help. maybe out of the way that could help right. with Jalen Carter. The tough part here is going to be volume. Yeah. Jalen Carter have. I mean, it's. Yeah. And, you know, even with Chris Jones out of the All equation, these are challenging. Like these Aaron are Donald problems. exists. This yeah. <laughs> is still there. So that's going to be a problem. Um, all right. Richie Ames. This is one that was clearly a Tyler Burner. I got to read this out. So I've, I've written myself a note. So, uh, you know, Van for a moment while I read find the this entire email. email. Well, I'm trying to get to Immaculate Grid so I can make a joke about Bears' 3,000 yard passers. Van put something more interesting than your Immaculate Grid. Uh, I've got no more ad reads for the rest of the day. Uh-huh. Uh, the people in the chat, if you do have, yes, they, they have confirmed. They, will not, they have never had a 4,000-yard pass. Richie Ames. Um, this one is titled Insanity slash My Bet. Huge fan of the show, blah, blah, blah. Um, Browns, yada, yada. Uh, you can hate on the Browns if you dare. Bad choice, in my opinion. Browns defense will be top 10 for sure with Defensive Player of the Year, Garrett. Offensive line will be top five with the league's best running back behind it. Uh, but putting the Steelers over Burrow and Lamar, insanity. Talk about a hot take. My bet, Steelers finish bottom of the division and Deshaun Watson finishes a top 10 quarterback. If I lose, I will buy a PFF subscription for 2024. That way it's a fair bet. I have something on the line. Keep up the good work, Richard slash Tyler. <laughs> so the only part of the bet is Watson top 10 and Steelers last. Uh, Even though he's telling us everything else is the best thing. That's yeah. Ever think so uh, okay just making sure so that's one of a number of tyler burners in here here uh, okay the next one was from max e who labeled himself a daniel jones enthusiast uh he says daniel jones and saquon barkley will rush for a thousand yards this season daniel jones and saquon barkley yeah as At, i've, like, I've said, separately yeah individually yeah, I, I understand not not combined so we've had we've had a few thousand yard. How many thousand yard quarterbacks have there been? Like three, right? In history, right? Three or Lamar, four? Fields, and Vic. Yeah. And we've had Fields is going to do that Actually, and be the first four thousand. If if Fields does what the better said a couple bets ago, four thousand passing and a thousand <laughs> rushing. Right. He's MVP. Even if they win four games, he's probably MVP because we've never seen that. Don't forget, Desmond Ritter might rush for 10 touchdowns. Yeah, we've had a lot of QB rushing ones here. I like that. Uh, Did Vic ever do it, actually? Did he get to 900? Yeah, 2006. He was the first one to get over 1,000. He did it uh, on scrambles, right? They rarely used him as a design runner. They used some keeper stuff, but that was rare in the NFL back in 06. Mm -hmm. So DJ and Saquon, 1,000 plus. Oh, boy. This is a good one. This is a good one? Jordan Peller. Sam Darnold is the 49ers quarterback in the NFC Championship game. Yes, I did like that one. Potential uh, coffee on the line here. Potential coffee. Except. Yeah. Except. Right. So, I mean, that's an interesting one because it doesn't necessitate that happening at any point early in the season. Like, it could just be Brock Purdy gets hurt in a playoff game and Sam Darnold starting the NFC Championship game. Does he have to start? This isn't... We have, to, we have to put some fine print in here. It can't be... No, he's going to be the starter in the It's going to be the starter. Game. Right. He can't just come in. They have to make him the quarterback by choice. Yes. 
not coming in for injury or anything. No, no, no. I mean, he can just it has the injury needs to occur before the game. He can't yeah, come in he's the during starter the by game. choice, like yes. ahead of the game. Right. He's the starter going into the game. Yes. The reason for the starting is irrelevant. Um, Austin Callahan, the Bears will win the NFC North. That's another one of those. Now, this one I accepted because this guy last year donated two bags of food to a local animal shelter with his bets. So even though this is a repeat of one we got before, the man's doing good work with his bets, therefore we're accepting it. Uh, I like it. Maximilian Thomas. This one says that Steve is going to beat Sam in game picks this year. This is the boldest one yet. It is. Now, for anyone that doesn't remember last year, Steve's game picks weren't just bad. They were so bad that if you simply took the opposite of what Steve said every week, you would have been the most successful picker against the spread that PickWatch tracked by 10 clear games over the season. Rich and rich. Which is incredible. Like, that's improbably awful. So he's saying that you will swing not just back from that, but actually end up with a, with a better record than I do. Now, there's an even better one. And I see, I did scroll down and see that you took it from Danny Glasser. Uh-huh. Glasser. Yeah. My eyes. That uh, <laughs> my son, Harry, I appreciate Danny remembering Harry mm. had some picks on the, game, on this, on the show last year. Well, that's because you were so desperate for an improvement in fortune. Harry had a good week. He turned to the child last year. Yeah. Harry will have a better record than Sam. Yeah. Now, he also says, like, any number over any stretch doesn't, you know, we don't need to include him, like, every week for every game. Over whatever stretch. Right. I don't know what the, what the, I don't know what the boy's schedule is like. Maybe he doesn't have that kind of time. Oh, he is, um, I think he's already got his game, he's got his week one picks in already. He did that a month ago. (laughs) And uh, he is ready to go. So, yeah, let's get, we'll get Harry in the mix. We won't feature him on the show every week, but, you know, I'll give you an update here and there. Okay. We'll be honest. I feel like. I feel like I want, I, I, for the other one, for you versus me, I feel like I need more uh, breathing space there because, you know, it's a new season. Anything can happen. And you, you need to if exceed me. You've by made a, fun of me so much. You should feel like this is, uh, this is easy. You've got your – No, because I'm I need the handicap. aware that next year could be me. I, I need the handicap. No. The other funny thing is your picks were horrible last year. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it wouldn't take much. It would just take you being normally bad to exceed my picks. No. I mean, I'm going to beat you this year because I'm normally pretty good at this. Yeah. And um, I was good two years ago. Last year was just a, it was an anomaly. <laughs> it, was a it, was a, it was like the Rams last year. You go from season. Super Bowl champs to barely winning any games. It, it happens. Okay. But I'm not rebuilding. We're uh, ready to go. This one, this, this is another name that I'm not 100% sure is true or not. It was real. Maybe this is just what, what showed up under the email thing. Condor Goulash. If it is, outstanding name. Uh, Zay Flowers will be the number one graded rookie wide receiver. This is one where I feel like it's entirely possible because, you know, any receiver essentially could be. But it's, I think it's good within the spirit of the thing because we, we were very anti-Zay Flowers in the pre-draft process. Yeah, it's the spirit of, yeah. Relative to everybody else. So it feels only right that we stand by that. He also put coffee on the line, so it's an automatic uh, exception. He added some color to this, right? Like he thought that the system was good. Yeah, yeah, Lamar yeah. will make the, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all of these are, you know, whatever, whatever extra information was in your email generally got left behind. Uh, John K. Daniel Jones will be the best graded quarterback in the NFC. Wow. Now that's aggressive. It is. That's aggressive. Just got paid. Got to justify it. I saw, was it Timo put something out there today? Timo put his little, um, it's kind of vague, but predictions for what past defenses might look like. And who's got the, say, maybe the toughest slate 
for quarterbacks, and I think Daniel Jones and the Giants are up there, looking like a tough slate on paper for whatever it's worth when you're trying to predict defenses right now. So. All right. Um, Michael Araklian. Uh, this is another duplicate, but there was coffee involved, so we're taking it. Eagles will miss the playoffs. We've covered that already. Uh, so this was the, the Korean jersey one. This is Lewis, uh, who's a teacher, apparently. A teacher. Wait, is this the right one? Yeah, yeah. He's a Canadian English teacher in South Korea for the last 20 years, apparently. He is, teaches Canadian in South Korea? Yeah. No, he teaches English. Oh. He is Canadian teaching English in South Korea. I don't think there's... I don't think you can teach Canadian. I mean, maybe. But. Ready? So this is a... This is a bizarre bet. Uh, he, his premise is essentially that coaching matters, and coaching, in fact, matters more than quarterback. Uh, and he brought up, you know, Deion Sanders of Colorado, proving this. So his bet is Cincinnati, Jacksonville, the Chargers, and Buffalo combined will have fewer wins than Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Denver, and New England combined. So essentially four elite quarterback teams, Joe Burrow, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, and Josh Allen will have fewer wins than four elite coach teams. Mike Vrabel, Mike Tomlin, uh, Sean Payton, and Bill Belichick. It is a real interesting one. And I think he goes on in his email to say uh, there's too much recency bias here. Right. right? We've all been citing, say, the Tom Brady leaves Bill Belichick. Belichick's under 500, doesn't make the playoffs. Tom Brady goes and wins championships. Mm-hmm. Is that too much recency bias where we're saying the quarterback's better than the coach. Because the other end of it was Pete Carroll, he, uh, he outlasted Russell Wilson. Right. Right. So you've got, you've got things going both ways there. The, the trouble with this one hitting is the Bengals charge, like the Bengals and Bills have just won a ton of games the last few well, years. Well, it's also interesting because and they have good coaches. They happen to all, there's a corresponding division for each one. Like each one is an intra division battle. So it's Jacksonville, oh, I Tennessee, yeah, yeah. right? It's Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's Buffalo, New England. And it's Denver Chargers for the presumably the second team behind Kansas City. But each one is like, you know, one, each one of those, one of those division previews that we talked about where it could go either way, but we usually default to the team with the better quarterback. Well, the other one that makes this one a little outlandish, though, is three out of the four we saw last year. The only coaching change is Sean Payton in this world. So last year, the Bengals were better than the Steelers. Right. The Jaguars were better than the Titans, and the Bills were better than the Patriots with the same quarterback-head-coach mm-hmm. combination. But his point was, I think he made it, like last year, he would have lost this hard, but if you do it over three years or something, it's actually, it goes the other way. Maybe. Something like that. Gotcha. Well, I mean, Tennessee won. Yeah, they did have the number one seed two years ago. So he said that if we win, he will send you a signed K-League baseball jersey of some description. I want... But um, he also wants a signed Palazzolo jersey in exchange if he wins. I don't know where you find... I mean, there's, there's my Reds one over there. Um, I want a Ryan Sadowski Korea jersey. My, I had two former teammates that I know of that went and played in Korea. Actually, three. I don't know Ryan, if he has access to like anybody that's ever played in Korea. I want Ryan Sadowski, Steve Hammond, or a guy named Mitch. Mitch was down there, too. I mean, I assume he's, he Korea. has access to a certain specific Korean baseball person that could sign it. Like, rather than like anyone that's ever played in Korea, I can get you a signed jersey. We'll take it. We'll take the Korean baseball right. jersey, for sure. Uh, ben Grethel. Uh, so Irv Smith, he says, tight end for the Bengals, will have 800 or more receiving yards and seven or more touchdowns, effectively doubling the production of the last two guys that played tight end there, Hayden Hurst 
and C.J. Ozama. It's not exactly that. The touchdowns would be the same as they had combined over the last two seasons, and the receiving yards thing would be pretty close to doubling what those two guys had. Man, there's just is there enough enough targets to go around for this to even? I think there work? might be the targets. My, I mean, I'd be more concerned about can he stay healthy for that to happen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. By the way, I'm in. There's coffee involved, so you know, auto. Uh, Darren McGuire, Darren Dan Whelan, the first Irishman, Irish-born player to play in the NFL for thirty-something years. Uh, also, Packers punter. In case you didn't know. Didn't. Will grade in the top five <laughs> of uh, PFF punting grade. Irish man, Wicklow man, rugby upbringing, how can it fail? You got to accept this. Mm-hmm. Anything Irish related, you have to. There's <laughs> anyway. an amazing Irish one later. We might have to talk about that one. That's in the Even emails came that came that. in this morning, but it's so good it. that we should probably mention it. Uh, Adam Wells, Trey Lance, this is cool. Trey Lance starts more games for Dallas than Sam Darnold does for San Francisco this year. Now, that could be one, but still. But Adam is predicting uh, Dak injury. Or, well... Presumably, but somebody in the emails that shall not be mentioned uh, predicted a Dak benching. Yeah, I saw that one. That's probably not happening. I mean, anything can happen. Trey Lance Steve. more starts for Dallas than Darnold for the for the 49ers. As you say. I love when we have both extremes, right? Like Sam Darnold's never going to see the field in one bet, and then the other one he's starting the NFC Championship. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nicholas Caratura, the Giants will finish in the top. Now, this is this happened last year as well. He said, finish in the top half on defense in DVOA. Oh, oh man. And we don't do DVOA. Here. No. Do but I look like Aaron Schatz? We do EPA per play or PFF grade. You can have take your pick in either one of those. Um, now, he's going to donate $20 to the Humane Society if we take the bet. So, so but the problem with uh, EPA per play, what, what side of the ball here? Defense. The defense. Mm-hmm. Top half? And we're only taking this because he's willing to donate things? Pretty much. Okay. Because that's not crazy. Top half? Well, we were pretty harsh in their defense during the preview era. We were? Reasonably. It's very young. It's not that great. We love Wink. Their defensive line? Who was harsh on him? I like their defense. Their defensive line. You've repeatedly referred to his defense as crazy. In a good way. (laughs) Crazy in a good way. I think you meant it more in a crazy way. But now I've I've spun it into the word I keep saying on this show, which is aggressive. Yes, that's just because you pointed out that you were calling it crazy. Two people who played in it. Like to their face, you were calling it a crazy defense. Uh, okay. That's the end of the ones that you're going to say. No, there's one more. Except this one. And then this last one. So there was 50 was where I was drawing the line. And since there were two headlining, you get the idea. Maxim Janssen was German, I believe. Or maybe it was Austrian. I forget where the email came from. And apologies which one it is because that's – you need to be right when you're saying German or Austrian. Uh, his, he says that Michael Thomas will finish top three in receptions this year. So he's saying, look, the injury stuff, it's in the past. We're buying into the Mike, Mike Thomas return. He's going to be top three in catches. That'd be huge for the Saints. Yeah. If that's true with Alave and Shahid. Yep. Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Jawan Johnson. Saints are going to the Super Bowl if that happens. Yes. Now, the final bet that came in today that I'm willing to read as an email uh, came in from somebody called Matt Bowen. Now, it came in after the time where I'm willing to talk about it. But the safety? It is. No, he said he specifically said that he was an unfit Welshman and not the ESPN analyst. Okay. He, he made reference to that in the email. Um, this is fiendish. He says that Arizona will win more games this season than Ireland wins at the Rugby World Cup. Now, 
the reason this is fiendish is Arizona's over-under is four and a half games, right? Ireland play four group games, least three of which they're expected to win, maybe four. Then they go through to a quarterfinal. Ireland has never progressed beyond the quarterfinal stage. Ever? Ever. And in how many tries? Uh, what are we at? Like six World Cups? Whatever it is. Um, now, a lot of those they shouldn't have. They were the worst team. But there were a few where they should have. Um, and this, te- this time, they're the number one team in the world. But the way the World Cup is set up, they will have the hardest possible opponent in the quarterfinal. Right? And the semifinal, their opponents will be crappy, generally. So... They'll win three or four games in the group stage, probably. Then they have the quarterfinal. And if they win the quarterfinal, they'll probably win the semifinal. And who knows what beyond that. But basically, it all comes down to do they win the quarterfinal or not. If they do, they probably, we probably win this bet. If they don't, which they've never done before, then we probably won't. So this is a perfect bet. It really is. I don't know if he knew that it was that While Arizona perfect has when, one of the worst rosters right. in the NFL. I don't know if he knew that it was that perfect and fiendish when he devised it, but it, in fact, turns out to be the perfect like over-under mark to set in a bet. It's incredible. And I don't want any more investment into that game than I already have. That game will determine my mood for about a month <laughs> in this show. What if Ireland only wins two? And Arizona wins one. Well, then we've had a very bad month, and that's not good. Uh, Arizona wins three. Ireland wins two. Ben points out this is the 10th World Cup, not six. Wow, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, some of those are, you know, amateur era. It doesn't mean we were bad then. Gotcha. Now we're good. It was like UMass Lowell trying to get to the D2 College World Series. We kept failing. Couldn't do it. It's exactly like that. Until I got there. Uh Uh-huh. Until my freshman year. It's exactly like that. Anyway, that's all the bets. That's a good, that's a good bet there. So this, it, this has its own channel in the Discord where the sheet is up. We'll, be, um, we'll keep track of it essentially over the course of the season, but you'll all have access to that. It's read-only. You can see how the bets are going on. There is a tracker that will show when we've won, uh, when we've lost, and all that kind of thing. Well, I like doing this. This is fun. This gives us something to keep, keep track of. I think we sometimes will do like a mid-season update. Yeah, here and there. We'll, we'll keep you updated, um, but also maybe accept new ones as they come in. We did this around draft time, so this is great. It's a great, good, it's, you know, the interaction. Mm-hmm. It's the interaction. All right, we got time for a, uh, a Palo Zolo GM segment? Uh, the Discord is in the, it's in the link. Remember, Discord for the uh, Madden codes. Remind people about the Madden codes. Description also, of the show. Walt suggests that Chris should offer us donuts on Fridays. I don't know. Okay. In the office. But I don't want to do that because I'm not here on Friday. I'll take a donut on Friday. No. Wednesday or Thursday. I'll do take that. a donut whenever it's offered. Holtman's. Um, yeah, so head to the Discord. The link to the my, Discord. My I'm leaving. Yeah, go over there to the, the, to the thing. The link to the Discord is in the description of this show on YouTube or on audio. Go there. Uh, there is a channel in the Discord now that has labeled Madden platforms. So just throw whether your Xbox or a PS5 in there. And uh, we will draw a winner from that at some point. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Palazzolo Consultant GM. Now, this is a a bit of a Discord potential crossover. So this came both via DM. Look at that, new background. This came both via DM and email, I believe. Yeah, it would. Um, It's from Meme Guy. Ah, yes. Meme Guy, the Twitter account that creates memes of this show, sent us in an email, essentially asking if we can't, now is the time to parlay 
his, uh, his fame, his mean guy, into a question. So the question essentially, Palazzolo, consultant GM, is what are the New England Patriots doing? Now, this email, by the way, has been edited for brevity, and it's still long. Uh, it's now four, year four of the post-Brady era, and New England looks as directionless as they were in 2020. What's the identity of the team supposed to be? At first look, uh, it looked like they were trying to zig when everyone else is zagging. By implementing a run-first approach with Cam Newton and then later Mac Jones' rookie campaign with uh, Harris and Stevenson. Then comes 2022, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, etc. The Patriots seem to have an almost teenage-like resistance to doing anything that other teams are. The most notable thing, of course, being their disinterest in prioritizing the wide receiver position. Equally confusing is New England's draft picks. Outside of Christian Gonzalez and Mac Jones, the Patriots often seem to try and outsmart the NFL by drafting guys well above where the consensus board has them. See Cole Strange, Tyquan Thornton, Kyle Duggar, and the infamous Nikhil Harry. Uh, We always talk about grading the process, not the results. And from where he's sitting, New England seems to have some of the most contrarian process in the NFL. Games aren't won in August, but they have the Patriots' lowest expected win total of any team in the East at 6.5. Expectations for Bill O'Brien are high, blah, blah, blah. GM Palazzolo, we've heard you discuss what the Patriots might be doing. The seat is probably getting warm for Bill Belichick right now. What will you do to get this organization pointed in the right direction? Oh man, yeah. So let's let's go back to maybe what they're doing and recap that a little bit. I think what they were doing is the status quo, exactly what New England felt like they were doing for 20 years when they had Tom Brady. The problem is they no longer have Tom Brady. I think Bill Belichick's making a lot of the same moves that he made for 20 years. He had some years where the you know personnel decisions were good, hit on some free agents, hit on some draft picks over a multi-year period. He had some other lulls. But they were still always good because Tom Brady was there. I also feel like, remember those quotes that came out a few years back where Patriots coaches thought, oh, Tom Brady, you know, we elevate Tom Brady. We, we're the ones that, uh, you know, he can't do this or he can't do that. And it's the coaching. I, I, I don't know how much they still kind of believe that and think, hey, we, you know, we won Super Bowls with David Patton as our receiver. We've gone to AFC championships with uh, you know, uh, Jabbar Gaffney as our top receiver, we could do the same thing again. It's a whole new NFL and they haven't pivoted to that. So they needed to be more aggressive at the receiver position. I like that they drafted Mac Jones. Hey, at least they took a shot at quarterback. But like I tell every other team, you got to keep taking shots. This will be kind of a make or break year for Mac Jones. Even if he hits his ceiling, is the ceiling going to be high enough? The only chance that they would have had, I believe, to maximize Mac Jones. It's nice to have Bill O'Brien there, but you have to be aggressive at pass catcher. Again, I repeat this on every single show, but you have to have an elite group of receivers, tight ends, overall pass catchers who are going to elevate your mid-tier quarterback. That's what Mac Jones is, and you have the advantage because he's on a rookie contract. So that would be the missed opportunity there. Rookie contract Mac Jones and sticking with this uh, Tom Brady-esque receiving core. Because if you had, you know, say prime Tom Brady on this team, They're a Super Bowl contender, but they're not right now because Mac Jones will not be able to elevate those guys. So I think that's the tricky part here from New England. They have not gotten aggressive enough to account for the downgrade at quarterback. I think Mac Jones is fine, distributor, accurate, overall a good decision maker, but you have to have elite weapons to maximize him and then trust that you're the Belichicks, uh, Gerard Mayo, that they're going to make the defense good enough there. I still think that is an advantage for New England. They are good at coaching defense, developing defensive players, developing a defensive system, but they've also lacked 
in games against the Bills, the team that you're trying to beat. So they have to figure out getting over that hump. So I don't know. It's a tricky situation here, Sam. But you're also in this AFC East where everybody's really good. And you so you can't just sit there and make these mid-level, simple decisions. And you have to make aggressive decisions. And I don't think New England's done that. So I would come in, make some more aggressive decisions, build my pass game, say I have to compete with Josh Allen. I have to find a way to beat the Bills. They're the team to beat right now, and I don't have the firepower to beat the Bills. It's not going to be 60-mile-an-hour wins in Buffalo every single year where you can win with three passes. It's just not going to happen. you got to win through the air, and you got to figure out a way to get some better pass catchers in there while taking shots on new quarterbacks if Mac Jones isn't that guy at the end of the season. Do you think they've gone too far in terms of uh, the contrarian approach to everything? Because I think, I, I think Belichick's talked about this in the past, that when everybody is doing one thing, there's actually immense value in doing the exact opposite, right? When everyone is trying to get Tampa 2-type defensive linemen, everyone's looking for a three-tech that can penetrate. That means nobody is looking for the 350-pound two-gapping nose tackle, so you can actually construct a, an old-school 3-4 defense where the front three are two-gappers because you're the only team in the NFL looking for those guys. So there's value there. Are, have they actually reached a point now, though, where there's a reason that you know everyone else is running like the meta approach and you're not? I don't see. I don't even know if they're completely trying to zag when everybody's zigging. I don't think that that's necessarily the case for New England. I also think, man, we watch some old games every now and again, right? And you see how difficult it was for teams to just block up the three-four defense back in the '90s and early 2000s. Like they didn't know how to do it. There was actually value in that back in the day. So I think the difference is the NFL is getting smarter and the decisions that they're making aren't, hey, I like running cover too, maybe like they did in 2000. They're making more decisions to be more efficient, to be better, to lean into the pass game more, to be more aggressive on fourth downs, whatever it may be. They're, I think the rest of the league is getting better. So zagging when everyone else is making better decisions doesn't make sense. You actually have to lean into some of the decisions that everybody around the NFL is making, which is pass catchers, fourth downs, whatever it might be. So I, I don't even think that they're zagging. I just think maybe, yeah, they're a little too Patriot status quo right now instead of moving with the league and being a little bit more aggressive. All right, there we go. Thank you for that meme guy. Um, there's, Thank you. A, there's a meme channel in the Discord that we frankly expect you to be part of. And, you know, I'm just, just going to put that out there. Uh, we did pretty well for time for the bets. Do you want to preview Thursday? We could do it. <clears throat> Let's do it. All right. All right. We'll do a, a little reset here so that we can do. Uh, we could. We could cut this for YouTube. Clean. Nice. Thursday night football. It's opening night. Detroit Lions at the Kansas City Chiefs. When we were at training camp for the Lions, Sam, our mm -hmm. friend John works for the Lions, and. He reminded us, or you know, informed us. This is the first time Detroit has traveled to Kansas City since 2003, I believe it is. It's been forever because of something happened. Yeah, what was the reason they didn't go? There was a London game, right? That's it, I believe, and there was some other scheduling snafu type of deal. Mm -hmm. So Detroit has not traveled there for many, many years. Um, the most recent no news now: Travis Kelsey. Has a they're calling it a bone bruise? So he he hyperextended, hyperextended his knee, it. which has resulted in a bone bruise. Okay, so we got a bone bruise for Travis Kelsey. Uh -huh. um, 
The spread is down to four and a half. Chiefs by four and a half Having per DraftKings. Six was it six and a half or six? I, it was five and a half yesterday before, but I think it was a little bit higher. Previous it's been at least six. I can't I, remember if it was six and a half. I want to go to you as a son of doctors and Travis Kelsey's hyperextension, yeah. turned bone bruise. What is this going to do for him as a son of doctors here? So, Sam? Well, not just a son of doctors, as a hyperextended knee survivor. <laughs> oh, you survived? Like, like my calf injury? Yeah. Well, a- no, no. Different to your calf injury and in that this actually happened. Um, uh, mine's documented. There was, a, there was a day in practice where I was on the defensive line, right? And obviously as a, as a, as a smaller defensive lineman, I was relying purely on speed and the ability to shoot a gap and get into the backfield before things Why went to hell. You on the defensive line? The, the, the bad things happen in practice sometimes. Now, unfortunately, we had a couple of offensive linemen that knew what they were doing. And one of them, I, I can't remember what the play was, but I shot through the A-gap and the center essentially turned, shoved me in the back to like, you know, keep going, shoot yourself upfield. You're not where the play is going to be. And... Just the way, like, my leg came down at the same time as I was getting shoved in the back. Knee, or, like, foot went into the turf, knee locked, and then leg hyperextended back. Extremely painful. Um, I don't know if there was a bone bruise involved, but just the hyperextension, my knee was not in a good spot for a few weeks. Uh, So, my initial reaction when this happened was, Kelsey's out. Not a chance he plays. Now, Jason Kelsey has come out saying that he himself hyperextended his knee last year and told a story about how he did it, which seemed to involve believing he could kick a, a piece of wood and break it, and that somehow hyperextended his knee. I can't quite picture how that's possible in my head, but it sounds staggeringly dumb, which he says it was the stupidest thing he's done in a long time. But he essentially says he'll be good to go. Like, the bone bruise will hurt. It's bad. It's not good, no. but he's no. good. Jason's wrong. Maybe There's no way. I'm just, they, all the reports, Kansas City, they're going to wait till the swelling comes down and, and right. reconvene a little bit. Uh, GM, I'm sorry, Walt is asking GM Steve if uh, I would play Kelsey tomorrow. I say no. If you're the Chiefs. If I, I would say absolutely not. 17-game schedule, you see. I, I, so you have, to, you have to play the long game here. You have the, you have the, the 10-day layoff before week two. You do not risk a Travis Kelsey further injuring himself here on Thursday night football. Yeah, I mean, I also so, think it's much different for Jason Kelsey. We've seen offensive linemen play through some ridiculous stuff. Like Lane Johnson could barely move. And I'm not saying it's easier to do as an offensive lineman. I'm saying they're they're trying to like kick step and pass protect or whatever. A a receiver like Kelsey has to cut and run. Like they have to do different things. So I, mean, I don't think Jason Kelsey comparing his injury to his brother Travis's at completely different positions. No, but his point doesn't was, doesn't hold water. His point is essentially it's just going to be a pain thing, right? He says the ligaments are structurally intact. Um, once the swelling goes down, now it's just a case of how painful is that bone bruise going to be. And if it's just a pain thing, you can get through it because the ligaments are still fine. Like that's the issue. When Normally when you hyperextend a knee, as in my case, you sprain ligaments as part of that process and it's the sprain that keeps you out. But if it's like a bone bruise, I had a bone bruise in my foot one time, it's just sore as hell and it doesn't go away for a long time, but you can keep going. So if that's what he's dealing with, like maybe it's fine. I would still assume he's probably not playing, but the, Kel- the, the Kelsey update from Kelsey has me reassessing that. Yeah, reassess that. Okay. Let's, um, even if, whether he's playing or not, uh, I don't think I'm terribly concerned about the Chiefs' offense. 
we'll have a Patrick Mahomes last year. We, we saw the adjustments to the league. You what? see, there's, there's a few people out there now, you know, and it, they're actually, I, I, I want to be careful about laughing about it because the people with this take are some people that I respect. Friend of the show, Mina kind of had this take, which is like, you know, if Travis Kelsey is, or if uh, Patrick Mahomes is able to win this game with Sky Moore and like all these guys he's got, no Kelsey, this would be crazy. And other people pointed out like they're literally favorites by at least four points still. Like it wouldn't be that wild. I don't, I, I don't understand what, I don't know what she was getting at there. She's basically like, look, all I this see, is Patrick Mahomes and nobody that anymore. But all I see, I, I don't see people, who's criticizing Mahomes? Who's questioning Mahomes? Nobody's criticizing him, but it's like this would be the next thing to add to his legacy. If he's able to win a game against the amazing Detroit Lions with win no a receivers. Win a game on Thursday night. Right, with no receivers. I think you, she was a little tongue-in-cheek there. But. No, I think, I mean, I, I think she was reasonably serious. All I see in my timeline is like Mahomes is the GOAT. It's and, not just Mina, by the way. Like other yeah. people have been saying this as well. I don't know. Anyway, um, I think Mahomes made such great adjustments last year, him and what Andy Reid was able, what they were able to do schematically, and they got to this point last year where they were just less reliant on the stars, right? When they lost the Super Bowl against the Bucks, they were too reliant on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and they've pivoted from that, and we saw that last year. We didn't know who the leading receiver would be going into the season. We didn't know who the leading receiver would be on a weekly basis. Mahomes just spread the ball around. He did not throw the ball downfield nearly as much. It was a yak-driven offense. Mahomes making a ton of good decisions with a few spectacular plays mixed in. So he's capable of doing all that without Travis Kelsey. Now, for a game, you know, for an extended period of time, it's going to catch up. At some point, you just – it's third down. What does Tra Travis Kelsey add to the offense? There are times on third down where teams have to double him, right? You don't have many tight ends who are getting that type of attention, especially in the middle of the field. That opens up other parts of the offense. That's where you'll miss a Travis Kelsey. In a one-game setting – I think they'll be fine, whether he's hurt, not playing, whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, I look. We going into last season, we were questioning how does Patrick Mahomes deal with no Tyreek Hill and a change to the offense, and we haven't necessarily seen the same thing without Travis Kelsey. But I think Mahomes has now shown enough ability to adapt to varying circumstances, whether it's what defenses are throwing it at him, whether it's not being able to move on his busted leg, whatever it is. I think he's now shown the capacity to change enough that I'm not massively concerned that he won't be able to survive without Travis Kelsey. Yes, it makes a difference. The intuitive, uh, telepathic relationship that those two have, particularly on broken plays, is really, really important. However, I still think Mahomes is going to be fine and find a way to get it done with anybody at receiver, essentially. But it's not just Travis Kelsey, right? Chris Jones is still holding out. Lejarius Sneed right. is dealing with an injury, too. So three of the best players on the Chiefs, certainly the second and third best players on the Chiefs as far as Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey go. Um, I was intrigued this year to see the Chiefs' defensive line, of course, assuming Chris Jones would be there, and then saying, okay, uh, first-round pick, Felix and, uh, Anadike Zama coming in. FAU. FAU. Uh, George Karloftis in year two, uh, we have a suspension for Charles Amenehu, but they've, they've got this unique group of defensive linemen. But that looks like a weak group right now with Amenehu suspended, with Chris Jones holding out, yeah. and a good Lions offense coming I mean, they are down quite a lot of players. Like, it, you know, it, this isn't the Chiefs team we should be expecting for most of the season. They are missing a lot of players, and they're missing some quite important players. They're also, by the way, you know, rolling into the season with a completely new tackle duo for the first time in a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, I want to see what that looks like. Like they, for the second time in, in a few years, they've essentially said goodbye to both offensive tackles in an offseason and are restocking. Now, you can argue they didn't really have a choice the last time when it was 
Mitchell Schwartz coming off an injury that effectively ended his career and um, Eric Fisher, who was also coming off an injury that didn't end his career but was at least a big question mark. This year they didn't have – they voluntarily did it. They decided not to pay Orlando Brown instead threw the money at Juwan Taylor and then they bring in Donovan Smith for, uh, for the other side. But it's a new duo. It's a new combination. And as much as like Juwan Taylor has been a pretty good pass blocker, I don't quite buy this idea that he's – you know, the best, one of the best pass blockers in the NFL, and this is amazing. Like, he's been solid. I don't even know if he's an upgrade over Orlando Brown, albeit on the opposite side, um, just in terms of where the money was spent. So how that Chiefs tackle duo does against what should be a good Detroit Lions pass rush is something to watch. Yeah, you're hearing a lot of reports that this is the best tackle duo that Mahomes has had. I'm not ready to buy into that at all. Because no. people forget not only how good Mitchell Schwartz was, how good he was in the 2019 Super Bowl run, only one pressure in those three games. Schwartz was an all-pro. And all Eric pro. Fisher was good. Like, Eric yeah. Fisher, very similar. When I talk about offensive linemen progressing, two guys that come to mind are Donovan Smith, who's there now, and Eric Fisher, who was there. Both guys started their career slow, grading got progressively better, and by the time you hit year four, you say, solid starting left tackle. That's what Donovan Smith is. He's coming off an injury-riddled season for the Bucks. But he's gotten better. His best years have also coincided with having Tom Brady there. Completely different type of quarterback to protect for than Mahomes stylistically for where they're going to be in the pocket. So that's just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, Schwartz was an all-pro caliber player who was arguably the best right tackle in the NFL. And that Super Bowl run that he went on at the, the first one was one of the greatest single postseason runs of any player in NFL history. Like, nobody notices because it was an offensive lineman, but he was basically flawless for the entire postseason in almost all must-pass situations because the Chiefs were always down, like, and down big. They were permanently passing, and he basically gave up no pressure for the entire Super Bowl run. So, like, Schwartz was essentially the best player in the league at his position. Nobody since that has come close to that on either side of the line. So it's not, it's not the best tackle duo. Now, all that said, I do believe that the Chiefs, the last two years, have had the best front-to-back offensive lines that Mahomes has ever had. Sure. Back in 21 and 22. The interior is outstanding. Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, left to right. So I think they'll still be good. Remember when Mahomes got hurt last year, these dudes did not let him get touched on the playoff run. Um, but I am interested in seeing the tackles, especially against these Detroit pass rushers. Detroit is loaded on the edge now, assuming Aiden Hutchinson, who was excellent in the second half last year, you know, continues to progress and mm-hmm. maybe takes that step toward stardom this year. And you know, you've got guys like James Houston, who is that elite, you know, one-stop shop uh, pass rusher type. Sorry, you know, one-trick pony is what I'm looking for. Pass rush type. Those guys can have a big impact in this game against the the new tackle duo. Um, and then again, I talked about the Chiefs' defensive line, the Lions' offensive line. It's one of the best in the league, mm-hmm. and especially when they're all healthy and intact. Panay Sewell progressed at right tackle. Taylor Decker's good at left tackle. Frank Ragnow at center. Their questions were guard, but last year it was mostly guard injuries that crushed the Lions. The Lions have a chance. Here's the deal: they have a chance to win in the trenches on both sides of the ball, and. You know, as great as Mahomes is, and I think he'll, you know, get his as far as moving the ball goes, the Lions have a chance to win the trench game. And we'll see how much they want to grind it out and run and keep the ball away from the Chiefs offense. We always talk about that as a strategy. Maybe that's what they want to lean into. The other thing to keep an eye on is Jameer Gibbs. Hinted at it at the beginning of the show here. One of our betters predicted over 600 yards for Jameer Gibbs through the air. 
And the Lions are claiming they're going to unleash Jameer Gibbs and use him. And we, you, know, you kind of want to justify the number 12 overall pick. Mm-hmm. Use him in unique ways. The note I wrote here reminded me of way back, 2005, Sam. The Jacksonville Jaguars made uh, one of the most surprising picks in the first round. They draft quarterback Matt Jones out of Arkansas, who was converting to receiver. And he was a great run threat. He ran 4-3-8 at the Combine. In week one of the 2005 NFL season, Matt Jones' debut, they used him like 15 different ways. He was taking direct snaps. They were running options with him, moving him all around the formation. It was almost like they were trying to say, here's our first-round pick. Look at all the creative ways we can use Matt Jones because he's 6'6", runs fast, and used to be a quarterback. And then after that, it, like, disappeared. They stopped using him in unique ways, and he basically just settled in as a slot receiver. So I'm making that comparison to say, I wonder how much that's what we see from the Lions with Jameer Gibbs. It's week one. You've had the whole offseason to create the Jameer Gibbs package and we're going to see it all in week one. And I'm not saying it's going to stop after that, but we're going to see all of it this week. He's going to line up in the backfield. He's going to line up wide. They're going to motion him. They're going to use him on jet sweeps. They're going to use him in ways that we haven't even thought of yet. We're going to see the full Jameer Gibbs package this week. Yeah, I mean, what that looks like. I, I, ben, ben Johnson was talking about it, the Lions offense coordinator. I have more faith in Ben Johnson doing something like this than most coordinators in the NFL. But generally speaking, I think teams are a lot better at talking about using players as a unique offensive weapon trademark than they are actually doing it. Um, So, you know, is this Jameer Gibbs thing, is he going to unlock some hitherto not really seen positionless weapon on offense, or is he simply going to be a running back that split out wide a few times? And if he is the latter, is he good enough at that to make it worthwhile? Because this has been... The problem with this is, generally speaking, that isn't the mismatch teams think it is. You know, when you look at running backs over the years, when they split into the slot or split out wide, like we, our brains can all remember the highlight plays where, uh-oh, he's covered by a linebacker, it's a mismatch, and boom, 40-yard bomb. Look at that. Why don't teams do that every, every drive, right? Why isn't that every other play? Because most of the time that doesn't happen. Most of the time they're just covered and they never see the ball and it doesn't do anything. Or... You know, they're targeted and it doesn't, it's not a catch or whatever. It's generally speaking, not a particularly efficient play. We just remember the times when it is. Um, And almost always, you are better off using a wide receiver in the slot or out wide than you are a running back in the slot or out wide. They're more efficient. So even guys like Christian McCaffrey, the data says you're better off just using a slot receiver than you are Christian McCaffrey. Um, So that's, going to be a big thing number one what does this look like and number yeah. two is gibbs good enough at that to justify that use like this is part of the reason why there was data saying that the panthers offense was better when christian mccaffrey was out of the lineup it wasn't because mccaffrey's not good it's because you're now trying to force him targets and and plays that are actually less efficient than they would be if you just use a slot receiver because it's McCaffrey and you're like well this is maximizing his usage and this is taking advantage and creating mismatches and it's like it actually isn't doing that as much as you think it is and I think the Niners used McCaffrey well because you're not it's not about having him get 100 yards on the ground and 75 yards receiving every single game but it's the games where the mismatches are there then you use them 
And McCaffrey, they did that, right? There were certain games where McCaffrey would line up wide and line up, you know, and they'd move him around and pick those matchups. If Jameer Gibbs, if you start lining him up out wide and Nick Bolton is covering him one-on-one, you have a mismatch to exploit in this game. Nick Bolton one-on-one with Jameer Gibbs. So I think that's the key. I don't think we judge Gibbs by, hey, he only had three catches this week. I I don't want to see Jameer Gibbs just have 12 catches just to have it if it's going to take away from, say, shot plays to Khalif Raymond. Right? I mean, I'm serious. Like, the Khalif Raymond shot plays can't go away from the the Lions offense. They need the flip the field types of plays. And then there'll be certain games where Jameer Gibbs catches six, seven, eight passes because of the linebacker mismatch. So that's where I think the Lions, if they do this the right way, they have a lot of mismatch type of weapons. Amonra St. Brown in the slot is excellent. Sam Laporta, the rookie tight end, is very good after the catch. Jameer Gibbs, they have a lot of good playmakers. And, of course, Raymond taking the top off the defense. So as long as the Lions keep that balance and then play the matchups on a weekly basis, I think they'll – They'll get the most out of Gibbs, but it might not always show up on the stat sheet every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part of the, the Lions, I think, to keep an eye on here is the overhauled secondary. You know, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson coming in, Cameron Sutton coming in. We've got Emmanuel Mosley still coming off injury. He's been limited at practice. Don't know if he'll even be able to play here. But can that secondary, uh, Kirby Joseph in, in year two as a free safety, Brian Branch, who you mentioned earlier, maybe defensive Rookie of the year candidate coming in as a do-it-all slot slash safety. Want to see what they look like here in week one. Yeah, and, and how, they, how that Kansas City receiving core does without, theoretically, Travis Kelsey. Maybe they have him there as well. But even if they do, what their wide receiver group looks like. Because it's now going to be Sky Moore expected to step up and become, you know, their, probably their lead receiver, wide receiver, in terms of volume and targets and all that kind of thing. Uh, Valdez Scantling, we, we know what he does in that offense. But after that, like, it's all bets are off. You know, can Sky Moore be that guy? If he can't, how much further down the depth chart do they need to be? Does Justin Ross actually end up featuring in the regular season, or did he just make the roster? You know, is he going to be part of that team? Is he going to feature as a red zone weapon? Because that's what, he, this is what his real strength is. Um, generally speaking, what that – Kansas City receiving court is looks like it's going to be interesting and as you say it's a, it's a good contrast going up against this completely retooled Lions secondary I have no idea if this matters but the last two years the Lions defense has looked pretty bad early in the season just really really bad early in the season was it the Eagles or Niners two years ago I mean they gave up 35 40 points and uh, last year similar they were just bad early um, and then kind of got better, especially and last season. Another of those. The Saints used to do that. Like the Saints had this run where like week one and two, they were terrible, and then they figured it out. And I don't know if that's just a random trend or a thing to keep an eye on. By contrast, Patrick Mahomes' numbers in week one are like mind-blowing. They're out stupid. of this world. Right. Andy got, um, I will give Walt credit. He does remind when Andy Reid has the extra time to prepare. Always. When he's on seven months rest. <laughs> You know, he, he comes out firing. We need to find out what the updated, like, stat is there. Because for a while, he had never lost with a bye week. Post-bye right? week, yeah. yeah. Now, I'm sure he's lost since a bye week, but we now need to figure out what the actual data is there. Uh, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole, but the Ken Wisenhunt stats, when he'd had at least five months to prep, <laughs> he was like 3-0. and But uh-huh. everything else, he was 2 and a million. Yeah. Those were fun. All right. You ready to make some picks? Yeah. First picks of the season. What's our line? Four and a half. We're going to use a four and a half that is current as of record time right now. Four and a half. Chiefs by four and a half. The over-under is 52 and a half. Um, I I think the the feeling is the Lions had a great offense last year. The Chiefs, of course, are going to have a great offense. The over is in play. 
I think it'll be a little tighter than that, but I think the Chiefs will pull away something like 27-17. So I'll say the Chiefs win. Chiefs win and cover. Or 27-20, something like that. Okay. So you have the Chiefs winning. Chiefs in the under. I'm going to throw Chiefs in the under here. All right. Uh, hmm. They're missing a lot of players. I am going to say the Lions keep this within a field goal. So Detroit covers. Detroit but covers. Kansas City might still so win. So we have a good game. Harrison Butker, game winner perhaps. Maybe. Uh, people are also referencing the Monday night game in Mexico, Patrick Mahomes <coughs> versus Jared Goff. That got out of control, 54-51 or something like that. That was the Rams-Chiefs game? Yeah, defensive touchdown for the Rams. That everyone thinks is the greatest game of all time because it had the most points. It was terrible. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> points does not mean good or great or awesome game. Does to the NFL. At least there were defensive touchdowns in there as well. Mm. Um, it was exciting, though. Yeah, it was crazy, but, you know. All right, so there's our first pick. Done. All right, so here's the, here's the deal. Do we have anything else to cover today? No, I think we're right. Everybody's got to get to the Discord. You've got to hit thumbs up on the way out here. But get to the Discord because i got Madden codes. Mm. And they're only going to be available in the Discord. The link's in There's the only, description. only six people have put in their uh, platform so far. So at the moment, you've got a very good chance of winning. Are we just dropping it in the general part of Discord? No, so there, I told you, you a whole separate There is a Madden Platforms channel in the Discord oh, okay. currently. Madden Platforms channel. people to go in okay. and drop whether they're Xbox or PS5. What if I have Sega Genesis? Then you're out of luck. What if I would just want to play Madden 96? Well, then you can find that somewhere on eBay and, you know, take there's no care code. Of there's no code for Madden 96? No. What was the best Madden of all time? They, they had a turning point around 2010. That was good. Yeah. Uh, 04 was special. The Vic one, or Vic or Ray Lewis one, one of those, right in that time. There's some pivot points in the Madden franchise history. Okay. Yeah. All right, so yeah, uh, get to the Discord. If you're listening in podcast land, you're going to have to go to YouTube, go to this show, check out the link to, to the Discord. Yeah. And then much. get in there. It's a, it's, your... We've tweeted it out as well. The, uh, what is it, PFF NFL pod on Twitter. is It's their pin tweet. So, you, you know, you can find it. Also follow me on Twitter, PFF underscore Steve. Yeah? Just follow me oh. on Twitter. Okay. Just randomly. All right, this is a great show. This is your show. All of your predictions and bets. Uh, tomorrow, it's full go, man. The rest of the previews. Yeah. Week one. First 15 games. Show. We got one out of the way. But 15 games sure. to preview tomorrow. Yeah, now I'm happy we did that. Yeah, there we go. The game's done. Tomorrow's it's, it's like a day off tomorrow. Dramatically, it improves the workload. All right. Where can you find? What's this? Steve on? No, you can't find me. I'm not playing. There's too many kids to play Madden. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, that's it for us. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with the full week one NFL preview.